for me, when you go to the street and the street is ugly because the buildings are ugly, the roads are ugly, the advertisements are ugly, that makes the society ugly and the way they react. So for me, our purpose is to make the world a bit more beautiful and inspire something, someone, sorry, it can be like a three-year-old child that sees a colorful advertisement for the first time, or someone that gets hope because they want to be a designer and they want to do cool things and suddenly they see a cool poster made by you and they say, it's possible, I can do it as well. So yeah, I, I, I think that is inspire people. I'm Johnny Prest, and this is the Brand Master Flash podcast. Your brand is your community. It's their instinctive connectedness with you in their hearts and minds. This podcast explores how to define and deliver a brand strategy that is true to who you really are. It will inspire your team, connect you with your customers, and make a positive difference. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Brand Master Flash podcast. If you've never listened to the show before, welcome. If you're a regular listener, thank you. Uh, I appreciate all your support. It's been a a little while since I've done anything. uh, And the reason being is I've just had another baby. Um, Me and my partner had a little baby girl in January. Um, Her name is Cleo. She's beautiful. We're really, really happy. Um, But having a a new baby has meant that I've had to kind of stop doing a few things. I've had to take more of a role in the business, uh, managing my creative agency, Seed. And it meant that all my brand master flash activity had to kind of stop for a while. And although I'm recording this podcast today, I am going to be taking a bit more time out from the show. Um, Having some time off has made me kind of think about what I'm doing and think about the show and think about my content. And I'm trying to kind of figure out what it is I want to do and what I want to make and what kind of content I want to put out there and the interviews that I want to have. The show is based around enlightened brand strategy. And a lot of that is about creating a, a business and a brand that works towards positive change and growth. And I've been thinking loads about this and reading about it and listening to other podcasts and watching other shows. And I really want to dive deeper into enlightened brand strategy. And I really want to kind of work and move around the the climate movement and anything that's involved in protecting people and protecting the planet. And I feel like, you know, the show does talk about that in some ways, but I want to make stuff that's really about the fusion between building a brand and cultural strategy whilst looking to protect people and protect the planet. And how does that work? So I'm going to go away. I'm going to think about this and I'm going to come back and there's probably going to be a slightly different image, uh, a slightly different identity and... Brandmaster will be back 
I don't know when, but I will be. But let me jump into this show. So I heard a quote recently, which I thought was really interesting. Change happens at the edges. Now, I I was introduced to an agency um, probably about six months ago now. And this agency is not an agency that operates in the bland, soft middle. They're an agency that operates at the edges. And they're, they're edgy and they're creative and they're weird and obscure and amazing and beautiful. And this agency is the Yaza Twins. Uh, the Yaza Twins is an award-winning agency that's based in London and Paris. And I had the opportunity to chat to the founders, which is Eva and Marta Yaza. They are really cool, really interesting, super talented, super inspiring. And we got to speak about loads of cool things. They've got some really cool clients. They work with Adidas and um, they work with Microsoft and Converse and MTV. And we spoke about creativity. We spoke about brand. We spoke about how they work with their clients, how they come up with ideas. Um, they've been super successful in terms of awards. So they've um, they've won the Spanish National Design Award. Um, they've won an award with DNAD and the uh, I have to try and pronounce this the. Galician Award of Innovation and Design. So they're really, really at the edge of what they do. They're really pushing the envelope and they're really interesting. So here's the interview with Eva and Marta from the Yaza Twins. Enjoy. Hi, Eva and Marta. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I'd like to ask firstly, where are you both calling from? Because you're not in the same room. So where are you both today? So today I'm uh, from Montenegro. I'm doing a project here, so kind of a holiday season, but in winter. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I'm also doing a project, but I'm in Paris. So yeah, we're a bit spread out in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. holidays in London. So. <laughs> so and is, do you have, do you have the rest of the team? Are they based around the world, or are they based somewhere centrally? Mm-hmm. So since the pandemic, we kind of start working more online. And we are enjoying more traveling. So our team is spread around Europe, mostly. Yeah, our base team is still in London, but we have like team in, in London, in Spain, and also in other countries of Europe. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I found it through. That's one of the, the positives of a creative agency, because most creative agencies that I work with were working remotely pre-pandemic, and they were getting used to working with suppliers, and clients across the world so we're very very blessed in our industry that remote working has been kind of common practice for quite a while now i'm a huge fan of your work okay i really love your portfolio i love the work that you do with your clients and what's really interesting is that you you've got so many different styles and approaches your portfolio is so varied but you somehow manage to sprinkle um, like Yaza Twins influence over the things that you do. And sometimes that might be through your font combinations, through your illustrations and graphics. So I'd kind of like to start the conversation here, really. How do you approach a new brief? And what's, the, what's your creative process? How does it start? 
So the way we approach our projects is more than from a design point of view, from an artistic point of view. So we try to first shape a concept that works for this client and the, and the work and everything, but still has a commercial touch. And later is when we like go for it from a designer point of view. So like we try to make this his real concept something real and tangible. So it's like commercial and works as well. I absolutely love that. I really, I'm really glad that you you said that because actually that was going to be one of my questions. That <laughs> when I see your work and your approach with your clients and the delivery of your work, I almost feel more connected with your work as you being a commercial artist rather than a designer although your designs are functional fit for purpose and they have meaning but you can see that you approach everything from a from a from an artist point of view so there's a lot of bravery in what you do you know it's super super interesting and engaging so I love the fact that you you approach things from an artist point of view and that really comes across and your work is beautiful and in, in the process of doing that. So I'd like to maybe jump a little bit before then. Where does that come from then? Where how does you know, do you consider yourselves as an art an artist? And if so, where does the art journey begin with both of you? Um, I think it started like early on in our childhood. We were always kind of into art. And then I I studied fine arts actually. I specialize in design, but my BA is fine arts. And then Marta studies something similar to architecture. So we've always been kind of connected to these other industries that use so much this concept and inspiration in nature. And then we both came into design. We study our master's in Central St. Martins. So I think we've always wanted to look somewhere else, not like always just what the teachers will tell you what is what you have to do completely. But I think we kind of learn the rules to learn how to break them, if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. In a previous life, I actually used to run an arts publication and it was profiling and championing local artists in our region, in the UK. And we had spoken word artists there, journalists and also visual artists, like illustrators and designers. And some of the best designers that I've worked with in my coming on to 20 years now have come from an artist background they've mm -hmm. come from a more like whether it be they were a painter or a sculptor or any kind of artist background and I love the I love the skills that you gain from being an artist we've got a course in the UK here that many artists and designers do called a, a foundation program it's like a yeah I don't know if you have yeah. that yeah. but it's like a pre-degree it's like a year and it's almost like a smorgasbord of different things so you do a little bit of textiles you learn about complementary colors and negative space and actually mm. that training as an artist really does pay dividends when being a designer because if you can wear both hat wear both hats of functional design but then beautiful beautiful art and aesthetics then I think the marriage between those two things is what creates something really unique and special mm -hmm. um tell me tell me a little bit about your style now so both of you obviously you work together do you feel that you you have an in-house style or do you, are you finding now with the, the the breadth of different projects that you work on that you, you kind of lose your style over a while where would where do you still see that you fit within that 
So, I mean, I, I don't think we consciously want to have a style, but I mean, we're not robots, we're humans, we do things creatively, so it's impossible not to put kind of your signature even unconsciously, right? So it's, it's all about your taste and kind of what you think it works, so. Yeah. You know, as well, like, yeah. sorry, as well, like, as well, like for trying to break with our own style, what we do is try to challenge our say, say ourselves. Sorry. <laughs> so for challenge our style, what we do is try to challenge ourselves through doing things that we didn't do before. Like now we're developing some projects that are completely different from the kind of work we are used to do. So I think that also enriches a bit your practice and how you are being able to do different kinds of things that what you normally do. Yeah, I agree. And do you, do you find that as your agency has grown and got bigger and you're working on more projects, do you find that your style is, cha is changed or your approach has changed whilst working with other creatives and growing the team or have you managed to find a way to to keep the kind of the Yaza twins style apparent how, how's that what challenges have come with growing an agency so i'd like to think we are kind of not micromanaging bosses so we try to give the space to our team the people we hire are really people we really really value as designers or animators so we want to give them their space to kind of express themselves as well so we tend to kind of for example if we're doing a brand design we tend to leave them the freedom to for example to develop one of the kind of uh, versions that we're going to present to the client and perhaps the client loves this one or we collaborate in the others but i think we want to give freedom and understand all others perspectives as well in this because I don't think one person can do everything. Yeah, I agree. Joe, I think some of the struggles maybe that you, well, I say the struggles, I think they're not struggles. I think they're all part of the creative process. But mm -hmm. when you grow an agency and you've grown an agency through the merit of your work, so you've grown your portfolio, you've kind of found new clients and won new clients of the merit of your work, your role eventually naturally evolves and now you're obviously the founders of Yars Twins well you are the Yars Twins but you've grown an agency around your brand and you have to your role changes that you become a facilitator of creativity as well as being a creative so yeah. you have to as a creative director or art direction you have to kind of encourage your team and help them along this journey and it's not about just getting other people to make your ideas or make your work mm -hmm. it's a, a collaborative process and exactly. I, I think I I found that quite difficult in my own agency to kind of let go and to give people autonomy in that process because I was so used to doing it on my own but how have you found handing over ideas and handing over responsibility to your team to create things that that you're proud of and that you're happy with so for, I think, for us sorry i think it starts gradually uh, sorry just one second because like you hire someone and first you want to see what is their capabilities what they are really good at for example and then you start giving giving to them the space but i think what is our signature is our process of kind of have no limits, try to think out of the box, how things could be done differently. And as long as they want to bring any crazy ideas or anything they have, it's all perfect, I would say. Yeah. Sorry, Martha. Uh, no, I, I just uh, wanted to say uh, that 
for us, like getting people that we can trust is very important. So when you trust someone and you know that their work is really valuable and can add value to your projects, I think that's the key. Like obviously some people prefer to hire cheaper and to hire low quality people with very tight deadlines. But in our case, what works better is to be able to trust and to choose who we want to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. What I love about the creative process as well is there's almost like two two bits of magic I find that work that happen really well in the creative process. The first thing is the swarm at the beginning, you know, getting the team together, um, coming up with ideas, being creative. But one thing that I also love about the creative process is like, I see it like a conveyor belt. So, you know, I do my bit and then I pass it on and they kind of do their bit and they pass it on. So talk me through some of the the processes um, at Yaza Twins and and how do you get creative? Where where does the magic happen? Give me a little insight to the, the magic cauldron. So in my case, like the magic happens in a bit a frustrating way. So first I get stuck with the brand that we receive and I know that I have to deliver a concept or an idea, but I know that whatever ideas come to my head are not good enough. And that's a bit stressful. So I have like this stress for like one day or two days. And later, suddenly the idea comes to my brain. And yeah, I, I know that that's the point when we can kick off all the project and all the, the, the process that evolves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eva, what about you? Yeah, well, I agree with that. When you start, probably you have the same feeling. It's very frustrating. And you're like, oh my God, what I'm going to do? You know, it's going to work at the end. So <laughs> you just keep keep thinking and spending sometimes you need to go for a walk and then you have some ideas and you start discussing with the team and you select like the two or three best ones to start developing and see how far they, we can take them I, I love it how you both mentioned stress and frustration in the creative process because I can totally resonate with that because do you know what for me and in, in the creative process there's my, some of my favorite I, can, I think my favorite bits are like bookends it's the beginning and the end so I love the beginning when the when the brief first comes in and it's like yes this is brilliant this is totally up my street I love this and then instantly the fear and frustration and the stress kicks in you think oh wow this is kind of big and I've got to try and do this and I, I agree with you at the beginning there is this kind of bit of confusion and anxiety about how is it going to work but then then you mentioned Nova about space and going for a walk and 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 I and I and I I'm a big believer in white space you know those times where you're not working where you're maybe listening to music or watching a film or going for a walk and then you start to kind of thread things together and you things will drop in and something you thought about the week before will drop in and I I love that process um I interviewed a, a singer songwriter years ago and he used to see creativity that if you can keep your eyes and mind open ideas are in the air like pieces of blossom and if you keep your mind open that these little ideas fall onto you onto your head but they don't turn into ideas then they only turn into ideas like in the white spaces where you join the dots you Mm -hmm. connect the dots together and I thought that was a lovely analogy Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's really lovely also as well like when when you have an idea and someone tries to kill it before being able to explain it or see where it can take 
it also, it's also very frustrating, but that's something we don't have at our studio. We are open to all the ideas and to see where they can take us. And when we see they don't finally work is when we discard them. But if we think that the concept is really strong, we find different ways to visualize it and try mm -hmm. to get it done. Yeah, that's totally right. We, we, we do processes here at Seed where it's about we do, um, you know, we do our idea generation and that you have to let every idea in at the beginning and the critique part and the filtering comes later on. And that's quite hard, actually, because when you hear or see an idea that you, you feel quite strongly against, it's quite hard to be reserved and hold back and say, oh, I don't like that. You have yeah. to let them all in. And that's that that takes it takes discipline to do that. So I tell you, agree with that. Yeah, but later you think about, for example, when J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter, how many like companies regret her idea, um, and just one trust her, and it went to become Harry Potter. So you need to keep your mind open because if not, you might lose opportunities. I agree, and you know what? I, I I've always been, a, you know, have you seen the film Yes Man by Jim Carrey? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I love that philosophy, is it a philosophy or an idea that if we can say yes to more things, then the op more opportunities can, can happen. Obviously, we can't say yes to everything, otherwise we'll end up doing some obscure <laughs> weird thing and not making any money. But in terms of the creative process, I think it's about accepting other people's ideas and visions and views and then bringing it all into a big pot. And then I think that's where the, where the real magic happens. Once we put it into our cauldron and we mix it up and then see what comes out of it. Um, I suppose the difficult thing from our, from our end at Seed at the moment, because we're, a lot of people are working remotely, I think maybe that's what's been missing a little bit in the pandemic. You know, the kind of getting together, the being in the same room, drinking mm -hmm. a load of coffee and kind of having this kind of creative debate. Like you can do it remotely over Zoom, but it's not the same as all being in the same room together. W would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely different, a way to work. I mean, I think we're getting used to it, but I understand the human contact in the same room is really important as well to boil all these ideas and make all everything happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, let's let's talk more about creativity then, because I think while I've got you on this call, I just really want to get into your brains because your designs and artwork are some of them are out there and I love that I love you know that they are super crazy super abstract some of them are super weird and I like that I want to talk about that because it's not very often I get to talk to people with your kind of creative talents but tell me about your 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 favorite projects so like what 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 projects do you get excited about when they come into the agency in my opinion I would say that my favorite projects are the current ones because we put so much passion into every project that, yeah, like for me, I'm really excited about what's going to come now next year. But if I have to do to choose one that we've done already, I will choose the Smirnoff uh, and HP before the campaign because like of all that it means for us, like all the opportunities they gave us, the whole team was amazing. And also we, can we, could, we could travel to Los Angeles, to Barcelona and to Cannes. So yeah, for me, that's a favorite. I love that Smirnoff campaign. That's one of my favorites. That is so good. Brilliant. Um, and how about you, Eva? What, what, what gets, gets you excited? What type of projects that you, that you mm, work I'm on? I'm really that one because 
I think it's not usual that a big company lets you space to experiment and kind of make your own style for this project. So it was really exciting working on that one. Uh, I also like like doing typefaces or logotypes. I love the Neo2, Neo the magazine with it. Um, it was really like a, a special doing that project with it for two years. And it was awesome to kind of do every page differently. We didn't use a grid for the magazine. So it was kind of free, free highway every spread to see how it works. So it was a good, good way to experiment. That's the dream, free highway. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was an amazing client. <laughs> so say it again. It was an amazing client, so it was great. They were really fans of David Carson, so they really were buying all these things. <laughs> oh, wow. So with someone like Smirnoff, then how how do you win the majority of your work? Do they do you are you getting approached or do you tender or how how do you kind of win most of your projects? So most of the projects, they come to us. We don't really tender. And lately we are accessing more pitches, which is great as well. But mostly it's, we are contacted directly by brands or uh, clients. Great, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when you're in a good position. And just, I'm on your website at the moment. I've just got to say this while I'm on it, but the double cursor uh, mouse oh, yeah. icon is just <laughs> so clever and so cool. That is my favorite thing on your website. <laughs> yeah we thought how to make it cool without being too in your face so that was a good idea <laughs> yeah I love it I think it's such a good idea I love yeah and I'm going to talk a bit of that about that in a bit about the brand as being twins and the agency but that will hold fire on that one but I just I just love the the double cursor that's such a good idea um okay then so do you know what I think i might jump onto our quick fire questions at this point i think this might be a good time to do it so i should call them just fire questions because they're not quick but they do give the best answers and i've got quite a few here and this question here is a question i ask all my guests so you may have heard it before and it's what's the most important thing that you've learned in the past two years for me for me, how to make projects efficient, how to work fast, and as well how to understand the, the brief that the client is giving you to deliver the best work, but still be able to keep it creative, I think. Speed, that is such an important thing, isn't it? Because like if we go, if we just jump back onto like being commercial artists, a lot of artists have the time and space to make artwork at their own pace, but the mm-hmm. design world doesn't work like that. And you know, when you'll have you'll have some briefs that come in and you've got six months to deliver it, you might have some of another brief that comes in, you've got six days or sometimes yeah. six hours. Yeah. And that's the key. How how to work at speed but it's amazing that you're talking about efficiency and i think with efficiency processes and systems are are in there and you know if you can focus on process and systems but be able to inject the creativity and the creative process in there that's when you've got a really really good working functioning agency definitely yes i, I will also say like a lot of designers judge kind of their clients if they are kind of middle-aged kind of businessmen and stuff like that they will think they will always buy the boring concepts, the boring ideas. But in our experience, they normally when we offer something more exciting, they always go for it, whoever is our client. So I would say we learn not to have limits in that sense. 
that's really cool actually and for any kind of designers or young designers or small you know, starting agencies listening to this that to be a bit braver to show that idea that maybe in the past you might have thought no they won't go for that and and give them the option to to be braver in their designs and their ideas and and show that so now that's a really really good tip and a bit of advice there thank you okay this is this is a tricky one actually and I'd like you to be as honest as you can about this but what's your biggest weak weakness You go first, Marta. <laughs> Give me one second. Um... Oh, I will say with mine, I we try to do, professionally speaking, we try to do kind of 3D and these things, and we can do it, but we cannot excel on that or coding. I personally can't. So I prefer to delegate these things now. <laughs> Was that 3D and coding? Yeah, because before we had to do everything ourselves when we were starting, and now we prefer to delegate those kind of works. Okay, yeah. And Marta? I, like, I don't want you to sound like arrogant or something, but I don't really know our weaknesses because I try to focus on the strengths, I think, uh, but maybe I'm too positive or something. <laughs> that's well no that's good no well I think you know if we can if you can do that and I I think I'm I um I think I do look at my weaknesses a fair bit but I think that's helped me in the past because it's it allowed me to look at what I need to fix definitely um, point yeah yeah but but like once you focus on your weaknesses and are able to fix them that becomes a strength because you are able to work over it and and decide like yeah like I fail on this uh, part of my practice and I want to fix it and I want to be better. So I think that's a strength because it pushes you to develop yourself, to always challenge your attitudes and your attributes as a designer and everything. Yeah, 100%. Wicked. Okay. And the next one is your best mentor. So for me, like I have a few of them. First of all, I, I study fine arts, but then I randomly ended in graphic design kind of in the degree just because I couldn't, I, I wanted to do restoration of painting and stuff. And it was super boring and non-creative at all. So I switched to design just to try something and that's how I love it. And I will say I specialize in it because of my teacher, because she was really teaching us all the coolest designers out there. And you can see something more than just doing a logotype. But professionally, I, I had the pleasure to work for three months for, with Stefan Sackmeister in his studio. I was an intern there. And it was really amazing because the studio was by then really small. It was only six people. And I learned a lot of how they manage the studio, how they distribute the work, and as well how to lose fear in limits. For example, they were thinking how to make a book floating or something in an exhibition. It was really interesting things that you don't see usually in other design studios because they limit themselves and they don't think what is what can be done in a new way <laughs> yeah and how about you martha do so i got really interested about the creative industry watching pink floyd's videos i, I found them really inspiring also the covers of their albums and everything and as well the 
Benetton campaigns of the 80s and 90s. So that really put my mindset towards that. But as a grown-up person, like uh, later on, because of Eva's internship, I was able to meet Sackmeister as well in person. And what I really admire of him is like his willingness to always give advices. And he really gave us really good advices about how to run our agency, um, mm -hmm. our projects, and our practice in general. So yeah, we say him. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think inspiration. <laughs> Yeah, it must have been super like um, crucial having such an experienced and knowledgeable person helping you at those early stages and and maybe like sort of helping you make less mistakes. You know, I know that you learn from mistakes, but if you can get guided at the beginning and just get you on the right track to be, to building an agency, that can really help. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it was actually like I finished the master's and it was really hard to get an internship in London. So it was like, okay, if I want to work somewhere, I will work in this agency. So that's how I applied. And I got my first, one of my first internships in, in his studio in New York. So it was like, okay, so something works. <laughs> so it was yeah. and, I, and I think that uh, the way our society works is by like, there is some people that when they design, you know that they are doing it with passion and other people that just do it as an automatic movement. Like, for example, if you see the underground entrances in Paris or the whole branding system that they have you could think like it could be more proficient with their materials and with their visuals but instead of doing that they chose to do something iconic and something different and something with a lot of personality that probably nowadays will be rejected rejected sorry and and I find like certain designers like the ones we say about Pink Floyd or Sackmeister or other creatives are still within this mindset of doing things as Paris Underground did and not do things as other undergrounds of other cities that have no personality. So for me, that's really powerful. These people that inspires and that makes you feel passion for things. And uh, yeah, we yeah. need to become one of those, but it's obviously very difficult. <laughs> It's great. it's great that you know these how these influences have influenced you or the in, I don't want to call them influencers but these other super creative interesting people have helped you and guide you on your path uh, and something I think it was um, I think Eva it was you that mentioned about uh, an internship um, um, what was it you Martha I can't remember said, said that you struggled to get an internship was it you yeah I was yeah all right okay and um, and I think um that why that that's really really important is that it really is hard to get on the ladder in the creative industries and that you found it hard to get your first inter internship and that you got this opportunity and now look at what you're doing it's amazing and that's kind of a message out there to other creatives and other agencies that we have to pass the ladder down don't we we've got to give you know young bright interesting intelligent young people an opportunity because they can flourish and look at the the work that you are both doing now but mm -hmm. that's all been made possible because someone gave you a chance so especially now with everything that's going on in the world I think this is a time where we really need to be incorporating into our agencies and businesses that we are helping the next generation the next level and and, and passing the ladder down yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's important to understand as well, interns don't have the experience. It doesn't mean they don't have the potential to kind of make things good. And some people don't have contacts in the industry or 
they don't know anyone so it's really hard kind of to start yeah, yeah but i really like what it's nice that the publication if anybody knows about mm-hmm. it is making regardless to this thematic i think because they really support young designers they really put them out there and show how they are doing like brilliant work and maybe they are not working full-time as illustrators or designers or whatever they are doing, but they are like cracking it already. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good point. Yeah, cool. On, on the other hand, like not being able to kind of find internships, uh, it helped us a lot as well in the beginning to kind of be brave and do our own personal projects. It's not like we were sitting just waiting for it to happen. So I think it's important as well for graduates to not wait for clients to come, but to create your own things, put it out there and see where it's going to take you. It's always these personal projects, the ones that are going to give you a job, a client or an internship, if that's what you're looking for. I totally believe in that. I've always say when I've worked with young people and students and graduates that you don't need permission to be an illustrator. You don't need permission to be a designer. You've just got to make make things that you're proud of and put mm-hmm. it out into the world and just keep experimenting keep pushing mm-hmm. yourself keep learning be a student be curious and then and just and just keep trying to improve you know incremental improvements where you can whether it be in yourself as a person but then to your craft and your trade but totally agree with just getting yourself out there and um you know <laughs> just experimenting really yeah, I think that's where all this um, weakness of doing 3D and coding comes from because when you want to make your website but you don't have money to hire a coder or something, you have to do it yourself. Or when you have to do, you want to do an animations but, but you don't know anyone who can do it, you have to learn as well yourself. So I would advise young people to get as many skills as they can, do their best, put everything into a project and when it's finished, put it there <laughs> yeah i definitely think this I, I, a few people have said this on the show about the whole um conversation around specializing and generalizing but you mm-hmm. kind of have to do both in your career and i feel like i have in my career that there's periods where i've had to generalize and learn mm-hmm. adapt new skills to position myself into one place but then once i get to that place then i've gone laser focused and specialized on something whether it be branding or brand strategy but then there's times where maybe I've wanted to grow my agency in another field and I've had to learn other skills and then again I specialize so there's definitely this flow between specializing and generalizing and I think this leads me on to my next question actually but obviously when you started your agency you were both artists and designers and doing everything how 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 much do you get your hands dirty now how much of the design art working process are you part of or is it more from a man- managerial director approach? What, what, how, how much, how creative do you get now? So this comes to one of the advices that Sapmeister gave us, and is to keep your studio small so you can not control the whole process, but uh, uh, like have the capacity to make them have good quality. So yeah, yeah I would say whole, right. Yeah, we say that we dirty our hands a lot. We are a completely part of the process. We love it. We have a lot of passion and we don't want to be managers. We want to be like creative designers and artists. And yeah, for that, you need to dirty your hands. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So you're still artists and you'll always be artists. And it's so good that what you said about keeping your agency small allows you 
to to still be really at the it's not necessarily being at the center of that process but really having your approach and your style and the way and and having you know been able to use your skills and talents as artists throughout the whole process and and because you love it you love doing it and I love that yeah okay so I with within brand my my specialism is in within brand strategy and at the heart of brand strategy there is a big emphasis on purpose and I always talk about purpose in my show and with my clients. Now, for me, purpose, I look at purpose slightly different from other people. And I think the best explanation of what purpose is, is it's your highest level of contribution. So yeah. I'd like to put that back onto both of you now. What do you feel is your, your highest level of contribution? Well, what would you say, Marta? <laughs> So for us, I think that is to give something to society. It can be like, for me, like for me, when you go to the street and the street is ugly because the buildings are ugly, the roads are ugly, the advertisements are ugly, that makes the society ugly and the way they react. So mm -hmm. for me, our purpose is to make the world a bit more beautiful and inspire something, someone, sorry, it can be like a, three-year-old child that sees a colorful advertisement for the first time or someone that gets hope because they want to be a designer and they want to do cool things and suddenly they see a cool poster made by you and they say it's possible I can do it as well so yeah I, I think that is inspire people is very powerful oh, that's so good I love I love the fact that you know you mentioned about as we walk around in society and in landscapes and in in towns and cities that the things that we see naturally influence us in our lives and make the way that we feel. So if things around us are more beautiful and positive and interesting, that's going to have a direct effect on us. Then when things are negative or not, not, are not beautiful or sculpted or crafted. And yeah. I've never really thought of it that way. You know, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Like I think that they say that you are like the five people you surround yourself more so the same happens with your environment so if the people you surround yourself with is very negative and toxic and everything your personality becomes a bit like that and I think that if you surround yourself by ugliness in in the aesthetic in your life the same happens with you like so it's important to fight against like the social ugliness of buildings of streets and advertisements I think mm -hmm. I think that's a good point on also social differences. Like when you walk in London, you can clearly see ugliness in neighborhoods that are less kind of uh, wealthy. And I think that's something as designers we could work around. <laughs> For example, how to bring uh, beauty and hope into people's life. Beauty and hope. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. And yeah, there's the saying, isn't it, that, that you're a product of your environment. Mm -hmm, exactly well, and, and, yeah. that, and, and I've always thought of that like being at home and people but I've never really thought of it as in like aesthetically in the environment in the in the construction of the buildings and the surroundings and the visual side of 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 neighborhoods or cities and um suburbia you know that's it's so it's so true that you know that like better visuals and artwork and things can 
can really influence the way that you feel and the way that you are. Definitely, yes, I think so. Wow. Okay, that's an amazing answer. I think we've got the intro there, definitely. Um, So just to let you know, Seed, my agency, is also a family business because I work with my partner, Natalie, and our kids are always around when we're doing artwork and things around. So we're, we're, we're a family business. So I'd like to find out more about you two as being sisters. So what, what's it like? I'll, you, can, I'll, you can choose who goes first, but what's it like running an agency with your sister? So, I mean, I like it because there is this level of, um, we know each other really well, so we can be sincere with each other. We can tell, oh, I don't see this is working at all, or this is really awesome. I think you always have to, let's say, dance around a little bit with people who are not your close family because you don't know how they may take kind of your opinions. So I would say it's, it's an advantage. <laughs> and would you agree, Martha? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that working with your sibling is, is very powerful because like, if you overcome all the difficulties that this can bring, uh, if your sibling is talented and you, and you trust her or him or, or whatever, like, you can become a really powerful team, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what? I totally agree with that because um, obviously it's not, I'm not, I'm not um, running a business with a sibling, but being in, running a business with, with a partner mm-hmm. is you can have m- the much more honest conversations quicker. And I love the fact that, like you said, you don't have to dance around people. And, and it's not like you're not worrying about the other person's feelings, but you, you can get to the truth of a conversation much quicker. Okay. Uh, and I yeah. think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. I think with a partner, it's the same thing, like as a sibling, because you know it's about the quality of the work not like personal issues or something it's just not like you have personal issues but you always have to care with for people you work with not to kind of uh, seem like you don't like their ideas or something like that so sometimes it's only about that yeah and, and with, with with your sister and if you don't like her ideas you can just tell her straight away straight off i don't like your ideas straight to her face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you can just say your ideas are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Let me drive this. <laughs> oh, brilliant! No, I, I I really love running a business with my partner. I think um, it's such it brings such a different dynamic. And do you know what the other important thing for me is is the is that counsel. You know, when things aren't going the right way, or there's been a problem, or something's not going right. You know, you you're able to really, I think help each other and guide each other in a, in a really different way that it would be with a with a business partner that you weren't related to or or in a relationship with and um and I think that's one of the hardest things about business is is management and leadership and ownership of things because it is really super stressful owning something whatever business it is and to own it with someone else becomes with its own challenges and I think you know um I can imagine that the, the bond that you two have although you know I'm sure there's times where it can be a little bit fractious maybe but the bond that you've got will make you stronger because you've been through so much together by Mm -hmm. by running a business yeah I think I mean I suppose you can run a business on your own but I think when you are with others you really trust it's enriches itself by naturally it's better than just one person right yeah I agree yeah yeah to have that support's important um I've got a few couple more questions actually for you and I, I kind of want to lead on to what you just said there so for me when I look at 
your business I feel like there's almost two brands there's the agency which is all your incredible work you do the clients but like you two as sisters and twins or, or you've almost created your own brand that supports that brand was that mm-hmm. is that being intentional or is that just kind of maybe just happened over years and and how how important is it that the that you as siblings as twins is connected to the agency what's the connectivity there with those two things so i think we, before we opened the agency we were thinking on a name and i think it was marta who said oh let's be the jaffa twins and i was thinking but that sounds like really ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> at the end we couldn't come with a better name so we put it on and it actually really worked well with uh, marketing because there is no other agency which is something twins and we're real twins so actually it was easy to remember us <laughs> so it was a good point I guess so what well, obviously through this interview or conversation I've been I've been calling it the the Yaza twins but am I pronouncing it wrong no it's don't worry it's perfectly fine yeah we, we are used to be in the UK so we're used to everything. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. I didn't want to yeah. seem like I'm being ignorant. No, uh, we're, and, we're uh, open-minded about pronunciations. We, <laughs> we have our issues as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and Martha, what about you? Like, how, how do you see the, like, the brand? Do you see it as one brand or, or is it almost like there's two brands? You've got your kind of your personal twins brand and the agency, or is it, are they both together and it's one thing? I think that uh, for us, like, Maybe I'm a bit repetitive, but Sagmeister, the well, the way he sold himself with his naked pictures in New York at the beginning and later how he presented Jessica Walls when they did a studio together and he put themselves naked, show us that if you want to present your brand, you also have to present your persona. And being twins is who we are. Like we cannot change that and, and we work together. So I, I really thought since the beginning that this link was very powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. It is. And you you just separate yourself out from everyone else. Like, you know, and if, you, if you've seen any of the work um, from Marty Neumeyer, um, he's, you know, he, he created the book Zag and it's all about being, it's not about being better. It's about being different and being different. is just all over your brand and, and your, not just your work, obviously speaking you, to you today and the, the way that you present your work and your brand, it feels really different. And I think, that's probably what creates the opportunities of these brands coming to you because they know that they're going to get something different and they know that by tapping into the Yaza twins, they're going to get a different feel and a different view of, of, of their project. Yeah, I think we learned early on that the projects you share are the projects you're going to get in the future. So if you don't want to do like a only PowerPoint presentations, don't put only PowerPoint presentations kind of in your portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, wicked. So um, the, the last part of this conversation then is actually the tagline of this show. And the tagline of this show is enlightened brand strategy. So just a bit of terminology there. For me, enlightened is the path to of change and it's the path for positive change and growth. The, your brand, for me, it's an identity within a perceived space. Mm-hmm. And then strategy is a game plan. So for you, how how do you want to grow your brand for positive change and growth? What what does the future look like? What what do you want to do that's going to make a positive change? So for me, something that your brand does is that you are very eco friendly. So you work in projects that really like 
focus on making the earth a better place. And that's something that we feel is very powerful and is a place we want to go. So we want to be able to do creative work, outstanding and amazing, but at the same time responsible and that helps the earth to, to heal itself, uh, like physically saving a bit the forest, the sea with the materials we choose, but as well mentally, like helping people to feel better within themselves, inspire and positive. So yeah, mm -hmm. both ways. Yeah. I think when we were growing up, it was this idea that design has to be invisible and that's, that means it's a good design. And I think we blatantly kind of make our design very visible, kind of uh, to confront this idea, kind of. Yeah, it's definitely not unmissable. Your designs are so vibrant and bold and and a little a little bit crazy and i like that you know i think we we all need a little bit of weirdness and a little bit of silliness and not to take things too seriously and we've always tried to do that in our agency that you know, we like we like it a little bit you know a bit, bit crazy a bit mm -hmm. a bit weird i think it's good yeah i think so <laughs> awesome yeah, I think that craziness is really necessary 100 <laughs> percent, craziness is really necessary i think that's almost the name of the show there brilliant <laughs> Um, okay, so if anyone's listening to this or watching this, where would you like to send people? Where, where's the best way to find out about the Yarza Twins? You can go to our website, yarzatwins.com, or to our Instagram page that we also like really develop it. Um, as well, we are doing now a series of um, posts in our blog and, and LinkedIn where we talk about the history of graphic design, things we find out. Mm -hmm other interesting thematics within the industry so yeah you can also follow that brilliant well i'll put all that details in the show notes in the bio for these videos and comment and comments etc but thank you both today martha and, uh, and uh, eva it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both yeah. enjoy the rest of your day have a lovely christmas and hopefully maybe we'll catch up in the new year yeah thank you so much yeah it's been lovely speaking to you yeah thank you for making us part of this <laughs> brilliant thank you so i hope you enjoyed that if you found that interview inspiring please do like and share it please subscribe to the channel and if you think you know anyone that might find that chat interesting or useful then please send it to them or share it with them but as i mentioned at the beginning of the pod i'm going to be taking some time out now i'm going to be rethinking the brand master flash show don't worry, I'll be back soon. Uh, you can still follow me on my social channels. I'm still around. Um, you can go to my website, seedcreativity.co.uk and I'll be back in a few months with a brand new Brandmaster Flash. But as always, be useful, be kind, and I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.